and welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is known in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter, but we're a little bit biased, definitely biased. I am your host, Brian in KC. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. You can follow the podcast that is at HEF Pod. Follow us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash HEF Pod for all the latest Eintracht news and information, all found in the English language in one convenient location. You do not need to go to half a hundred different sites or continue to refresh. On your Google search, we got that all covered for you. And of course, you can always drop us an email, as some folks do from time to time. That is hey, Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com. So, uh, match at the weekend. Um, well, we'll talk about that in uh, just a few seconds. But first, I have to welcome our uh, panel for this evening. It is uh, the man who has been through more monsoons than uh, the northeastern seaboard of the United States. That is Chris in Detroit. Oh, buddy. Hey, how you doing, Brian? I think that's pretty accurate, considering the fact that off-air you had mentioned that you had that your area had received more rainfall in a month than you had had in the previous 12 months. And I would say that is significant, because usually in just those big old hurricanes and such, whilst you get rains, yes, Really, it's just also a hell of a lot of wind just kind of pushing whatever's there already there around. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm up to my neck in water around here uh, as much as I am up to my neck in Eintracht bullshit. So that's my mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, uh, here, a man who is able to only put up with so much of that bullshit it is as we get the we can hit the exit attack right now. Uh, it's uh, two minutes in. Uh, Nathan in St. Louis. Hey, bud. Hey. Uh, just gonna say uh, you have to be a little bit biased right now to think that we're the best in the world. <laughs> <laughs> true story. True story. Well, folks, in case you've been living under a rock, Eintracht um, played the first home match of the season. Um, it was supposed to be played in front of 25,000 fans. Uh, not all showed up. Uh, we can kind of deviate uh, from that, which might almost be a good thing for us to do. But <laughs> hey, no, no, nothing. Well, uh, first clean sheet of the season. And yeah, Chris, did you even predict it? I did not. Actually, I, I predicted a 3-1 to one victory which I much would have preferred. And honestly, I had nothing good to say coming into this, but you just said clean sheet, and technically that's correct. So let's roll with that. (laughs) I I mean, we need to look for a silver lining, and I found one. Kind of had to reach for that one, though. Yeah, Yeah, you know, the the defense wasn't great. They they were not very, um, what's the word, complete or organized. It wasn't very pretty, but they got the job done. They didn't allow many chances at all. I mean, not a single registered shot on target. So that's a positive to take out of it. Even though it didn't look pretty, they got the job done. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, I would definitely say getting the job done when it comes to the defensive side of things. Um, in case anyone's wondering, because I reference XG uh, when we faced up against Dortmund, complained about how we were wasteful, and Dortmund was, you know, Definitely not. When do we face them? Augsburg, 0.26. Oh, 
I mean, yeah, that's talk about disorganized. Crush, yeah, like uh, we faced up against a team that we were able to at least, I would say, defensively take take lessons learned from uh, the lo- the horrible, horrible loss to Dortmund, and uh, against a really weak team, made ourselves at least from a defensive standpoint look really good. Even though we would still feel that. You know, the team is not fully there, fully clicking yeah. when it comes to the defensive sector. But, you know, I thought that is where our brightest spots were. Yeah, you got to our you got to take some solace in the fact that there is still a lot to learn on our defensive side. But um, they can go out of this somewhat positive because they didn't leave anything um, to regret. That said, I wonder how the game would have been different if uh Nieder Lechner would have been in there um yeah because Augsburg was nearly just as absent as us uh, they're, they're and, more of a boring entity during this game than we are and that's saying something you could definitely I mean there's obviously a massive talent gap between Dortmund and Augsburg but you could see just in the way our defense was playing more positional as opposed to keeping their eye out for Holland or one of the other top targets for Dortmund. They, we were just organized on the back line. Uh, not perfect, but enough to get the job done. And, you know, even a, a blind squirrel finds a nut and uh, <laughs> never had that chance. So, uh, Yeah. And, um. uh, and, and to be fair, like the, the back line, the back four is kind of a relatively new thing for this team. So we got to figure that out. Like, obviously we're going to have some, some back steps and, but yeah, I mean, as much as I, as much as I rail against the defense, (laughs) this was the easiest, soft, most paddest pad, you know, padded room way of, uh, of showing that we have positive progress and we, you know, still have stuff to learn. So, right. But let's not forget, you know, even though they didn't put up much of a fight, it's still a Bundesliga club. They still have a little bit of punch, enough to get off some shots. And the ones that they did get off, we put bodies in front of. And Kevin Trapp, you know, didn't have to do a lot of work for the day. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Works for me when it comes to the defensive side of things. Um, I would definitely credit the switching uh, from the makeshift 3-4-3 versus Dortmund to the 4-2-3-1 formation. I would definitely credit that as giving us more defensive solidity. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought Durham on the right, uh, that was the Durham that we got to know and really enjoy uh, in the previous season. I would definitely have said that if we had Durham in there against Dortmund, I think that at least from that standpoint, more than one attack would have been snuffed out mm-hmm. out on the right against it, Dortmund. But anyways, uh, Lenz on the left, he looked really good and yeah. was an example of why we were all kind of quietly excited for him joining the club because we're like, this guy has got plenty of experience. He's shown himself to be a really good Bundesliga-level player. This is a good add for nothing. Yeah. Kind of undervalued as far as off season moves go. There was a lot of talk about other guys, Bore especially, 
Uh, but Lentz did a great job. I have no complaints about the way he stepped in. Yeah. When we signed him last year during the season, you know, I was hoping, you know, man, I wish he was on our team right right now. Back then, back in them (laughs) days, as Roman says. (laughs) Very true. Um, I would say of the, uh, once you get past that, Hinty was okay. Indica, I thought, made quite a few uh, key stops. It's almost like as though the effort that he was putting in versus Dortmund where he made all those mistakes suddenly were the mistakes were erased against Oxford. So really good performance by him. I don't really have much to say for KT. He just kind of was there. Yeah. And that's kind of it. Uh, let's get to the attack where we were uh, flailing around like <laughs> a fish. Um, <laughs> right. So one, I would have thought we knew by now. Bore needs just a little bit of space. And right now he's struggling with man marking. Uh, when yeah. that would go down, I mean, it's just going to take him a second to try and figure out how to best uh, tackle that issue. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, if he's on an entirely different continent. You know, the last exactly. time he was in Europe, he was at least in Spain, where they speak his <laughs> native language in a different dialect. Yes, but I mean, you know, as much as sometimes the English have funny accents, you can understand them here in the United States of America. But you know, sometimes Spanish to German—that's <laughs> not. <laughs> uh, but my point is, yeah, yeah, <laughs> a yeah. country where Spanish is the only language spoken, and you move to Germany. I mean, that's not I, easy. I'm I'm usually not the the, op, the you know the forever optimist here, but like I feel like people need to give him some breathing room. He's got to learn a system. Also, the system's got to learn, learn, develop, and learn too. This system is new. It was missing a key piece for Bore to to kind of shine. You know, we we put him into this position with the expectation that we'd have a a nine in in that in a slot behind him. Um, where you uh, like you could create some uh, you know some some dynamicism where the defense doesn't know where to mark up, so that opens him up. So it's partly him him learning the marks, and then secondly, our our system kind of working to benefit him better. Um, so yeah. I mean, I think we're in a growing pain situation. It was tough to watch. Well, he, he came into a no win situation, really. Um, you can't expect that he was going to come in and put up numbers like Silva did. Yeah. Scoring goals, you know, every 30 minutes or so. That's just unrealistic. Silva had the best goal scoring season that our club has ever seen. And yet we just expect the next guy, whoever that is, to have that same success right off the bat. So, no, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to have a 28 goal scorer this season. Surprise. But, um, you know, he'll get comfortable there. He'll learn to find space. This is the Bundesliga is a different level of play than he's than he's coming from, and that takes some adjustment. So, I'm certainly willing to give him uh, the time to figure it out, and he needs to have more support behind him too. He can't do it all alone up there. Yeah, what do you totally agree with that? All right. What did Here's you? Here's another question I have for you guys uh, with this formation. Uh, how at on the right, Kostic on the left? I mean, 
it didn't to me look like there was enough it looked almost like they were kind of at times they were spaced out or then they would try and get closer and suddenly they're like breathing on each other breathing on each other's necks there was no yeah. real good cohesion and terms of spatial awareness i thought there uh Herstick and so just trying to kind of clean up what they could so one or two moments that were kind of boneheadedness but uh i already had some people really try and bite my head off uh <laughs> those comments but anyways uh, you know uh I think Kostich and, and Dorm, especially, Hauga's new, so he's going to be adapting too. But Kostich and Dorm are in ter- two completely different, I mean, not different roles than what they're normally positioned to do. So Kostich was going back too far. He was playing too much defense and he needed to be a little more forward than he was. Saw him to be out of position a lot there. Uh, and, and Dorm's kind of more in his natural position, but having to negotiate that space with Hauga, um, like you said, it's, it's creating space, knowing that someone, you know, someone has your back so you can, you can do your thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're uh, not, we're not a lineup or, or a squad that's ever known for consistency of, of the 11 we're putting out there, but it takes a lot of time on the practice pitch, getting comfortable in your space, naturally knowing where guys are going to be and especially later transfer moves that's going to take time to figure out i'm not going to hold that against them right now i don't agree and when we're facing up against an alexford now uh, when it does come to playing a team like this we should be going after it you know taking the match by the throat and look the the stats do show that eintracht did go forward and try and uh, create some chances, a lot of errant balls, but still trying to put forth the effort to uh, find that goal. Um, it's kind of, well, when you only have uh, 22 of 25 possible thousand fans in the stadium, and it was as quiet as it was, and we always love to talk about how our fans are the loudest fans. It's almost like as though... Uh, the people who really are the lo- the loud, big voices of the club. It's almost like as though everyone who is that sort of type of fan stayed home. Yeah, the ultras specifically. I mean, we had talked about it before last week. We we didn't talk about it on the on the episode, but offline, how they were having a hard time selling these tickets, and I get it. You know, I get it. Some people don't want to go given the pandemic situation and others don't want to go if they can't have the same environment they're accustomed to. But I did think that we developed a good energy uh, later in the match, early second half towards the middle part of the second half. The crowd really got behind them. You started hearing the familiar chants and songs and I thought we played up to it. I thought it was only a matter of time before we break through uh, the 25,000 or so. Uh, they weren't entirely as impactful as I expected, but they definitely made their presence known. Just wish it was a little bit more. So, that being yeah. said, should the club basically think, if we're not going to fill the stadium, should we just fly at the entire HEF pod group just to put us in the ultra spot and we just inspire everyone else to make the noise? We got this. 
Absolutely. <laughs> deal. I can deal with being hoarse <laughs> for like every minute of the week, except for on Saturdays when I'm at the at the Volage Stadium making the noise, bringing it for the team, and then those guys are recognizing that I'm up for this. These guys are after it. I'm getting after it myself. And then, you know, we are able to beat Byron again. Yeah. I'd like, I'd like I'd like that to happen, but I keep on wondering to myself, I'm <laughs> like, we did it with an absolute nobody there, but now we're an entirely different team. God, we're really going to need the fans when it comes down to it. But, Same. you know, that that's something that for years, I mean, going back to my childhood when I started following this team, it was the fans are what make Frankfurt a hard place to play. And then of mm-hmm. all the years that we go undefeated at home, it's the one where there was no one there to see it. <laughs> it just <laughs> it baffles me how that happened. Yeah, you well, just hmm. you then get to navel gaze about what could have been. <laughs> uh, navel gazing indeed. So that kind of wraps up the discussion, gentlemen, that we had planned for. Um, this match, but I will bring back to the formation that we rolled out with. Is this a format the four two three one? Is this a formation that you think can be the Eintracht formation that starts bringing us wins instead of draws over the course of the next thirty two match days? Well, ab- absolutely. I, I, I don't know. I became a believer once I was reading about how they were going to implement Bore um, in this position that he's in. Um, and it, it all relies on this, on this two striker one, two system that we don't have yet, but I think Costage can be more effective. It's something that he'll have to learn. It's not his natural type position that wing back is his natural feel, but if he can make that transfer, I, he, he'll be, he could be incredibly effective if he learns that, that pacing and that rhythm, um, Hauga, same thing. Dorm is more in his natural position, so I I expect him to to help ease that transition. But once we once we get there, I I think obviously the the biggest um, comparison will be to how people uh, saw and lined up against Wolfsburg. You know, it's it's that sort of feel. Um, yeah, which I'm excited for. That's like. That I feel like is like Frankfurt style football at its core, like a good ass, de- like a, a a focus on defense, but with some uh, uh, attacking prowess would would be pretty great to see. Yeah, you know, I don't think that the formation or positioning of individuals is quite as important right now as building the chemistry. Um, what's working for us right now. Uh, may not necessarily work for us once Hauga gets comfortable with spacing or Kostic learns how to uh, send the ball in to this guy or that guy. So yeah, I, I, formation for me is something that you settle into as the season progresses. I still think we have one or two more moves to make before this window closes. Uh, I know we're getting down to the wire, but I just think they see what we're seeing that we're incomplete right now. We're not ready to put any offensive formation in stone yet. I would agree. We're Agreed. still a work in progress. It is kind of a struggle with trying to find out 
what we are, but at the end of the day, uh, we'll we'll still be standing. Uh, I think Borea will come through, and you know what? Won't really matter. We'll be right rock and roll with uh, the fans back in full voice, especially once things kind of simmer down a little bit more. So, um, I guess this will bring us to hashtag what are we drinking? Boys, what have you got to add to us and what are we drinking? Go ahead, Nathan. Well, um, it's... Evening on a Wednesday or Tuesday night? I don't, I can't, Tuesday I don't know what day it is. The only day I know is Saturday and Sunday when we get to see and watch soccer all day long. Um, so, yeah, I'm drinking a, an iced coffee right now. Uh, try not to drink on the weekdays. But um, yeah, right now, it, I messaged you guys earlier today. I had the little r- ring in my head. Oh, maybe it was yesterday, but I was like, ah. Oh, Ianger Fest beers got to be on its way to my yes. local uh, boutique liquor stores that sell it. Oh, it's so great! So I'm I'm waiting for that. I got some uh, my own Mertzen on on uh, lager, and I think it'll be done like two or three weeks. But uh, and then I got some more Mertzen. So Mertzen season, like you said last week, Brian, it's right around the corner. I can't wait. It's the best beer on the planet, uh, but mm-hmm. I'm a little biased there too. So, <laughs> what you got? Well, uh, you know, Chris, what do you have? I might have to book my trip to St. Louis because I have heard that Nathan's brews are right up there with the best. Um, but speaking <laughs> of the best, uh, I'll be around in October, man. I'll be around in October. You just gotta. Uh, hopefully, you're in town at the same exact time, and I'll be able to sample this myself. Yeah, uh, though I, I though I can't guarantee that if I like it that I won't drink enough that it, <laughs> it ends up putting me on the floor. I'll 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 uh we can we can work something out here, Brian. I, I we might even if I'm out of town, we'll we can figure it out. <laughs> All right. So tonight I am drinking. Uh, I'm I'm going on my first Whoa. vacation here in uh, more than almost two years, and. Um, I'm traveling to a wonderful town in Southwest Michigan. Let me uh, tell a quick, quick story about it. A friend of mine uh, was fortunate enough to have an audience with the Pope, uh, Pope Francis. And uh, he said, where are you from? And he said, I'm from Michigan. And he said, oh, Michigan, Kalamazoo. I like that word. It's funny. I don't know. I think it's hilarious. (laughs) But Kalamazoo is... uh, Kalamazoo is a great beer city. They're the home of Bell's Brewing uh, for that region. And uh, so I'm drinking the Kalamazoo Stout. I'll be down there golfing and visiting the shores of Lake Michigan next week. And I got a head start on the beer for it. Hell yeah, dude. Which, uh, which, uh, you know, we can talk about which courses uh, uh, off air (laughs) as per (laughs) usual. Because I realize if I start making a golf segment basically just pop up. I think more people will be like, nip, skipping that. <laughs> and next, uh, nothing wrong with Kalamazoo. Um, I have now, having never been there, uh, my local hockey team would face uh, what was then a Kalamazoo professional team. And that was always a fun encounter. 
Kalamazoo uh, is one of the top 50 cities for uh, families in America. So it's a great town. Good people. Amazing beer. So I'll uh, give some right. feedback once I return. Yes. Well, it's, I do. It's stout I do season approve of around the corner, too. So I do like, approve know. of Bells. That is that's some good stuff. Uh, what was that? Bulletproof. Uh, Oberon. Is that the Oberon. one with the big old sun crest? Yes, you cannot yeah. have summer in Michigan without Oberon. Hell yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, this is the end of my summer beer collection. I have no more left in the fridge. It is all, or I'm clearing everything out so that I can just load it all up with Marzen's because they are starting to trickle in. My own Kansas City Beer Company has their own out. But uh, I am drinking the last of my Beach uh, Saison IPA from Sam Adams. Uh, I've mentioned them on the podcast before, so <laughs> I won't go too in-depth into the taste and everything. So that's my hashtag, what are we drinking, contribution. So that wraps up for segment one. We'll be back to talk a little bit Frauen, a little bit Rumor Mills, and uh, why not make predictions for Eintracht and Bielefeld? So stay with. back segment two hey eintracht frankfurt already got through what are we drinking hey we talked about a match that ended up not being a loss so that's also a little bright spot but uh it didn't end up being as depressing as i thought that it might be so why not wait until late in the transfer season to uh be made happy once again so eintracht looks like they're about to get a player over the uh, dotted line, uh, Kevin Bobald, uh, midfielder, Werder Bremen, you know, a decent, uh, Bundesliga level player. He's got, he's kind of gone like all through the ranks, you know, uh, three seasons in the Dritte Liga with, uh, Ufot, uh, yeah, Ufot, uh, then three seasons with Nuremberg in the Zweite Liga. Chris, was he? Uh, I mean, I didn't uh, check, but I'm pretty sure he. Yeah, he was there at Norwalk at the time of the region of the relegation playoffs. So yeah, he he was there. I don't recall. I don't recall if he featured in the playoff. Um, you don't recall much of that because of the <laughs> of the momentous occasion of it all. 
the amount of smoke in front of me obscured me from checking to see if a player we were going to sign in five years was playing. <laughs> and uh, he made the move to Verbremen. Um, you know, had a decent run with those guys, but to be fair, uh, Bremen just wants to move on anyone and everyone who uh, was part of their relegation season, not called Pavlenka. They would basically have sold like everybody that they could sell. Anything that is not nailed down to the floor, they're selling. It's almost like as though they realize, yeah, we need to properly clear everybody out. And uh, this player looks like he's uh, being cleared out and moved on to the Eintracht. And look, he's not exactly, he's like Rotolite. I'm okay with that. You know, it's a body that we will look to and say, you know what, you're not going to be something super special, but you'll get the job done. Yeah. That's, it's a, that's, that's my two bits. It, it's a depth move. Uh, he's, you know, from Erfurt himself, the center of the country. If you're not familiar with German geography, it's almost right in the middle. Um, but, like, it's not flashy. It's not a move that's going to, put us over some magical line of, you know, ex- expectation, but it's some depth at a position where we're probably going to find injuries at some point in the year. So I'll take it. And it, we always he do. is versatile, you know, so it, put him in there, see what he can do because depth is never a bad thing. Yeah. Totally agree. It, Nathan, what, uh, any, any extra to add? Um, I mean, I, th- I think the, Man, what is what, what? What am I doing here? I'm not usually this pes- or optimistic here, but I feel like a lot of the fans <laughs> out there in social media are kind of like dumping on him. And you know, he's not a fl- like Chris said, he's not a flashy signing. But this isn't a signing that you would have seen if uh, if Rota wasn't uh, injured for the season. So it's a it's a vacancy that needs to be filled. We filled it with a with a with a body that can that can play the time and perhaps probably more time than Rhoda. No, not many players have more injury days per season than Rhoda. Um, he's always injured. <laughs> uh, so uh, I don't know. It, 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 the expectation is so low with, with <laughs> him that the, you know, if he doesn't play well, then he just won't get a lot of time. Well, part of it too, there, there is a benefit in his style that, He's more comfortable in the middle. That's where he, he finds his position most naturally. But he can move around a little bit. You can see him play out on the wing a little more and kind of flex his position. So, no, I, I think he'll be a positive a positive build for us. It's just a question of what he's going to be asked to do versus what he's comfortable with. These yeah. late window signings once the season has already opened, not having the time to to get comfortable, he's going to be asked to play right off the bat. And, you know, thankfully he's not moving countries. He's not even moving leagues. So it, it shouldn't be something that's too difficult. Um, you know, but we'll see. We'll see what's in store. But it's not going to be flashy. You know, it's just going to be, hey, this yeah. is a solid move. Indeed. Um, that'd be kind of sad with- uh, it did seem like the original uh, last week we were getting excited about a possible player coming in. Uh, it was definitely not mauled. Um, 
we'll get used to him at some point in time. But uh, yeah, Eintracht was linked with quite a few players uh, over the last week, and quite a few players have said no. But then again, when you're literally hearing the reason why it's a no is because I just want to go to Italy, that's an entirely different uh, uh, reason to not choose a wonderful club like Eintracht. Um, Vinicius, is this coming? Is this gonna, is he coming? Cause, you know, he wasn't, you, he was on an unused substitute, uh, versus PSV, uh, Eindhoven today, as we record on the 24th, as they defeat, at, at Benfica, uh, Eindhoven, uh, match at the second leg of the Champions League. So he was, he's basically sitting around unused. I mean, the question of the matter is, are we signing him, or is he just holding? We're second choice, and he's holding out for a move to England. I feel like we've been waiting on this move all summer. It's been sitting around <laughs> for a long time, and every time you see an article, it's the same recycled garbage that someone else published two days prior. So I don't know where it sits. If it's really going to happen, if we're closing the deal or what? Yeah, oh, I mean. <laughs> It's as old, it, it's as worn and tired as the Hauga saga was. Um, and by the time he gets here, it'll be as warm, uh, worn and tired as, uh, as it seems like uh, Hauga w- felt when he got here. Uh, <laughs> doing all that media, he did not look happy. Um, nope. That's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, it, it, we need, so like I, I said, if, this doesn't happen. Um, I trust Manga. He always has a, a good depth with this. Um, what you're not hearing is the three or four other signings that could fill that Vinicius gap that we just haven't heard of yet. Um, like you said, Chris, he is, or we are not his first choice. He would rather play with Tottenham. Um, we have to wait for. Kane to make a decision on whether he's going or Man City or whoever needs to make yeah. that decision. So the domino needs to fall, the levy needs to break, and then all those decisions will be made. But y- you have to bet, I bet, that Manga has some good, uh, cheaper options waiting. And perhaps maybe there are f- we are the first choice for them. We just have to wait for all this these machinations to work. You know, it's it's not often that we get to compete with Somebody like, I mean, Tottenham hasn't done shit, but they put themselves out there as this, you know, top tier team. I'd say they're more second, yeah. third tier. Um, but it's not often we're competing with the likes of Tottenham for players. And I think we kind of dipped our toe in the water and, you know, hey, maybe, maybe we can swim in this water, at least for this signing. And now we realize, okay, we can't compete with them. But we're already in the water. We have to stick around as long as they do. And, you know, if he comes to us, that's great. Usually I say, hey, if you don't want to be here, I don't want you here. But in this case, he's a talent I would prefer to have here. So I'm willing to stick around for it. Well, sounds like a good enough reason to come to Eintracht, doesn't it? Um, uh, We're kind of running uh, to the end of our program, but uh, we'd be left to miss... If before we talked about Eintracht versus Bielefeld, if we don't bring up the old segment, Frauen Corner, we have not talked about it since 
Eintracht Frauen uh, played and lost in the Derby Pokal final against Wolfsburg. That was a real tough one to to watch because the team played so hard. And then at the very end, right when uh, Wolfsburg finally got their goal, you just saw that they were just the players had no juice. There was no juice left in the. There was nothing left in the legs. And yeah, they gave uh, it everything. Yeah, gave it everything. You know, from Fragging to Fromms, Santos, uh, Polowick, uh, who we hope is going to be ready to go uh, for uh, the start of the season. Uh, S.A. Sand is who the Eintracht have uh, for this weekend. There will be 1,000 fans in, uh, allowed to be in attendance for this one at the reserve, the old reserve team stadium on the north side of town. So there is that uh, cool. to get excited about. That's that's fun that they'll have uh, fans in the stands. I personally believe that they should be playing. Like if you're going to be playing in front of fans that need to be socially distanced and whatever, you know what? Just put them at Deutsche Bank Park. Put them at the vault stadium. They shouldn't be playing in something as small as uh, as their well, their regular match in match out stadium. Yeah. Um, I it, it the nothing against the Bertanobad, but it's got to be at least half the stadium, right? It's a three or four thousand fan stadium, right? It's it's it's, it's pretty it's pretty small. But you know the it's the way I look small. at it, it they've worked really hard to brand the 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 Frauen Bundesliga as an equal entity for mm-hmm. the female game. And I don't think it's appropriate when you have a brand like Eintracht Frankfurt, um, mm-hmm. which is one of the more recognizable names in Germany, to to merge with another club and take on the Eintracht brand and then say, oh, by the way, you're going to play in a second-rate facility. Um, they need to step up. And, you know, maybe if you can't host all the games there, I know they did a couple last year, but make it their primary home. If you have an issue mm-hmm. with, with pitch conditions like we always do or scheduling conflicts, I understand that. But there needs to be some sort of a balance to that. And your first oh, match yeah. of the season with fans in the stands, uh, bring them home. Put them where they belong. 100% agree because, look, the teams who got promoted this season – uh, to the Frauen Bundesliga from the uh, Frauen Zweite Liga as uh, the FC Cone. Now, they're not playing at the Rhine Energy Stadion. They're playing at the the uh, Sud Stadion, which is the which is a 10,000-seater and home of was traditionally been the second team of Cologne, Fortuna Kuhn, who's been mucking about in the third division for quite some time with plans to uh, do more uh, stadium re- Renovations, but the other team, Jenna, uh, Cal Zeiss Jenna, is actually playing the same stadium as uh, the men's team, who I think are in the region, recently relegated from the Trita Liga. I think they're in the regional and league. And you know what? The point of Let, let's, let's not forget that the entire league will be broadcast this year. They made a tremendous mm-hmm. upgrade in the infrastructure for um, for broadcasting. And you're going to see a lot more of our club and the rest of the league on social media, on um, streaming broadcasts. So when, yeah, that's great. when not just we as the fans see that, 
and hopefully more fans of the men's side jump onto the women's side as well. But think about players' potential to come here. Not only do you get to come and play for a name you know in Eintracht Frankfurt, you get to play in the what are we now Deutsche in the Waldstadion. That you get to come here, One of the play in a stadium. historic venue, and you know the more we perform, the better we do, the more people will show up, and that's that should be the ultimate goal. And I know it's not it's not financially feasible to play every match there but they need to make it a priority to do it as much as possible. Totally agree, because this is the moment in time where the club can make the jump, because what we kept on saying was this is a team that's got great potential, but it's young. It needs time to, to just grow into themselves. You know, and with uh, Hoffenheim, you know, they'll have a lot of growing pains. Having finished in third last year, they're playing – in the uh, qualification phase for the Women's Champions League. That's really, to me, a chance for Eintracht to kind of, they got to get, they got to hit the ground running. SC Sound barely survived relegation. And this is the that kind of perfect opportunity for a club like Eintracht to finally uh, force its way into the conversation of this is a team that is going to be participating in the lab, in like, in Europe, once again, this club has a history of participating in Europe, and that that's the bar that has been set, the history that has been made that came before them, and it's up to this current crop of players to make the jump. We got the Germany number one between the sticks. We have, to me, and Freigang, one of the real best players when it comes to attacking players in the entire Frauen Bundesliga, this is a club that has the fire. You know, we have firepower elsewhere. Uh, Parasnica is another really good attacker. It, it, this is, this to me is the time that the club needs to make that next step, step away from just being that, uh, you know, upper half team to that team that, is contending for third place so that they can get the added competition to be able to recruit that next level talent that will take the club even further because without the Champions League, you know, uh, I'll put it bluntly, without the Champions League, no American U.S. Women's National Team uh, player will come to the front. So, Well, you know what I I will say, Brian, I think – I think there's a good I think there's a good parallel here with where the men's team went to the final as a very young kind of not sure who we are group and lost to um, Dortmund uh, then to come back the following year and say we know who we are and go in and win a win some silverware I think the women's club is kind of in the same position there was a lot of change with the rebranding and a very young squad. They made a, it's not a surprise for them as, as their history, but as far as um, who they were as a club last year, the cup final was probably a reach above their weight class. So I think this year is one where they can say, hey, look what we did, look what we accomplished with no, you know, no expectation last year. Now I want to kind of turn up that expectation dial a little bit and see if we can push up to that 
three, four in the table, or um, even make another run at a cup final. I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. So you're thinking maybe just another run at the cup, uh, just be on the cusp of European play, kind of be that like this is the next step in our development, or do you think the club is ready for making that so, uh, European level step? Last season, we took most of the points we were expected to against the bottom of half the half of the table, and we really struggled against the top. We'd stick around for 30, 40 minutes, but in the end, we didn't have the talent or the experience to keep up. This is one where where I think, obviously, you're going to lose um, maybe a Wolfsburg or a Bayern, but if you can steal points against the top three or four in the table, all of a sudden, you become that three, four, or five team in the table just by stealing points. So I think it's possible this year. I still think they're a year away and maybe a signing or two away, but I think it's possible that they see themselves in that position just based on natural development of young talent. Works for me. Works for me. All right, boys, time to talk turkey, time to talk the final match day. Uh, before we go off to the international break, I said final match day, but yeah, we only have the third match day of the Bundesliga season to get uh, past us, and then our players will jet off to basically here, there, and everywhere um, with that kind of internationally based squad that we have. Ugh, not going to lie. Boys, I really kind of am a little anxious over the fact that we're sending our players um, ground well, up. I mean, with a couple with a couple guys, they're going to be freaking jetting off to other corners of the globe. And I'm literally thinking of Hustic, Kamada, and uh, Bore, who are going to be, you know, crossing uh, like half the globe just to get up, join up with their national teams. Because there's going to yeah. in the South American qualifiers alone, supposedly they're going to play four four matches. And this upcoming uh, international window—it's absolutely mad. Yeah, those uh, the the one I really particularly worry about is is Rustich, and uh, uh, just because he's—I don't know if he—I don't know what his vaccination status is, but he you know tested positive already. I worry about his health. So, um, yeah, like you said, it's a lot of travel. It's a lot of worries, especially in COVID. Um, I wish that we wouldn't send them, but that's not my decision. <laughs> I can't believe no. we still have to deal with this. <laughs> I know. I know, right? It's like as though, hey, you know what? You could, specifically looking at Bore and the fact that he has his qualifiers, they could have scrapped the Copa America and just been like, you know what? We have a backlog of uh, World Cup qualifiers to knock out, and we have even less time to do so. So instead of just squish them all into even tighter confines, you know, just knock out like three, four rounds and, you know, really develop some team chemistry, you know, from a national team standpoint. Instead, they played a freaking meaningless tournament, which gave Messi his first ever international trophy. Big whoop. Well, it, it's <laughs> one thing, you know, like, like all the international, um, competitions over the summer we did them here in north america europe and all that it's one thing to do that through the pandemic and for the most part everything went out relatively without a hitch um but the consolidated schedule i mean 
ending the, the domestic seasons late and then international tournaments in the summer and then a, a domestic league again then an international break. The schedule has been so consolidated now the last 12 months. I'm really concerned about injuries creeping in. It's going to happen. Um, it's going to happen to bigger names and it's going to start drawing attention. It happened here in the United States with the NBA. You had a lot more superstars on a condensed schedule getting injured and older superstars in European soccer are going to start getting hurt. And then it's going to get the attention that, Hey, these guys really haven't had a break in 18 months. Yeah. By the time, by the time the next world cup comes around, it will be 18 straight months since they had a break. Yeah, and then we're going to be taxing them even more. Uh, I think we need to get off our, our high horses on this. Um, Eintracht, yeah, we were supposed to talk about Eintracht versus Bielefeld, and I accidentally let slip this. Whoops, uh, I'll take a little bit of credit on this one here, fellas. But Eintracht versus Bielefeld. Now, I did a little bit of digging on in terms of what Bielefeld has been up to. So... Uh, two matches played. Bielefeld has two points from two draws. Uh, nil-nil at home in the first match of the season. Uh, that was against uh, SC Freiburg. Same SC Freiburg who, distro- who took apart Dortmund rather convincingly in a way that makes me feel justified in saying, yeah, they're going to finish uh, chasing that European places. Um, they had a 1-1 draw with Kreuter first. And stats-wise, did not really work uh, too well in their favor. Uh, former Eintracht man, uh, Branimir Hargota, was a goal scorer for Groyta first. Um, Who? Uh, Fabian Klaus for... <laughs> God. Fabian Klaus for Bielefeld. You know, when we were talking about Bielefeld kind of escaping relegation and what we were thinking that we would get from them this season, we said to ourselves, you know what? They've added a few more kind of Bundesliga experienced players, but no one like super big at all. Like, you know, their star from uh, the previous season uh, did not stay with them. And this is still a team that like, whilst they have more depth and uh, just maybe one or two more like players who have like can make a difference at this level for you know those middling clubs uh nothing against Bielefeld um it's gonna be it's still gonna be a very long season for them and I look at Bielefeld almost like as how I looked at Augsburg team to myself you know what you take points off of this and that kind of gives the guys the confidence that you know what even a draw against Bielefeld will be a huge confidence booster in that we just went away. We got points, point points. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'd be able to take that sort of result. And then, uh, once we return from our international break, as stupid that it is, you know, we'll be able to go up against a Stuttgart who still, even though they got like scoreline throttled by Leipzig, they still did not look too shabby. And well, they kind of, Took part great for first in their home debut, but that will give the team so much more confidence headed into uh, match day four at home against Stuttgart. Because after that, things just uh, start getting amped up with Wolfsburg following, and then you have 
uh, Cone, who didn't look too bad at the weekend, and then Bayern. Like this is this is our opportunity to get some points and really just kind of give some belief uh, within the players. Kind of be that, hey, see, told you that everything is working the way that we want it to be. That's all that I think uh, uh, Glasna needs right now. And perhaps even, you know, give that confidence to some player who needs it more more than others. And yes, I'm thinking of Bore. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a, like you said, it's a very soft way to enter, uh, again, like Augsburg, you know, it's a easy, perhaps paced, you got a, uh, a way to enter the season. You have to play your game and improve on the last one. And I, I don't expect Bielefeld to be that great this season. I don't know if they will get relegated uh, based on who's in the Bundesliga this year, but we should be able to beat them. Sounds like we're afraid to make predictions. (laughs) No, I'm not afraid to make predictions. I ain't scared of shit. (laughs) Like, I mean, maybe Claude Lemieux hit from behind, yes, but, you know, that's because the guy's absolute... That's because that guy had an absolute screw loose. Anyone who knows hockey knows who I'm talking about. And, you know, just because you love the guy when he's on your team doesn't mean that you're not scared shitless of him if you were ever playing on the same sheet of ice as him. Yeah. Well, back to soccer for a minute. Uh, as I was <laughs> <laughs> as I was watching that, that Bielefeld Firth match last week, which was ugly to, you know, put it mildly, uh, Bielefeld played the second half of the second half. Wow, that sounds weird. Uh, they played the second half of the second half down a man after a red card. And they really, you know, credit to them, 20, 25 minutes to play down a man is not easy against any team in the top division. I don't I don't care if it was Firth, who didn't have much of an offensive attack. Yeah, that's that's still hard to, to do. And they did that. And to allow one goal through two weeks of the season and their opening match against Freiburg, that's a club a lot of us had thought was on the verge of Europe. So to hold them scoreless and then to only allow one to Firth, even though you were down a man for quite a while. Uh, And then we're a club that's having a hard time scoring goals right now. So there are some question marks headed into this that could leave us vulnerable. And I think we looked at this before the year as easy points. I'm not certain they're going to be yeah. as easy as we thought they would be. That's why I'm going with an easy point. By the score <laughs> of... <laughs> oh, okay. Now I guess Laying your cards out? Yeah. Um, I do think that the Eintracht finds a goal. I think it is going to be another own goal and another mm. comedy own goal, but I think that the Eintracht will look just even better. Uh, 1-1 for Eintracht and Bielefeld, and they'll be able to say, hey, away point, take it. Wow. You know what? I am concerned. If this comes down to an own goal, and it comes down to 1-1 on an own goal, I don't know if there's enough beer in Kalamazoo, Michigan, for me to survive the afternoon. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, or the morning, the morning. I might, you know, take the bar out by lunch. It just, <laughs> yeah, the idea that, that we're that hard for goals, even though, you know, we, we lost a lot and we're still finding our identity. All those, all those soccerisms that we've thrown out there, all that coach talk. Um, we are still a European team and we have to have a talent above somebody who will be happy just to survive relegation this year. Yeah. So in my mind, at some point we have to start progressing and we left points on the table last week. And I don't think we do that again. I think we're going to start finding our legs a little more. I think Lindstrom is going to have the breakout game. I know I said it every week, but I think he's going to have the breakout game. Finally, I think he's going to put one in. He seems really hesitant to shoot the ball. He's had the ball inside the box a few times, but I think we're going to win two to zero with a Lindstrom goal included. Mm. Ooh. Nathan. Huh. Well, last week I thought we were going to see a goal fest. I think I said three to two on track Frankfurt. Obviously, I have to tamper my expectations for how this team develops. <laughs> uh, you know, I think we're going to learn from this. There's going to be some positives from the defensive perspective, but I do see some setbacks still for this team before we start to, to push into a a Europa uh state of mind like where where we deserve to be there i don't know if i don't know if they feel that way yet as a club they got to find their feet um yeah i'll 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 go with a uh a 1-1 draw as well say i'm not supposed to be the optimist here yeah let i'll 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 say you know my my biggest my biggest gripe with this system and i've said it in our in our, on Discord a little bit, but I don't understand why we're not giving any sort of faith or trust in in Aka if if that nine role is is what Glossner they keep insisting in the media that that's what Glossner wants is that nine role right behind Bore uh, or sw- swapped. Uh, but anyways, it have them both on the field, and that would that would leave Lindstrom out. So <laughs> this is where. <laughs> My speculation differs from Chris's, but uh, yeah, I, I want to see those two in, and I want to see them open up some space with Hauga and Kostic on the sides. I, I think that we could really see a lot of goals, but I'm going to stick with tempered 1-1. Bore is going to get a collection goal. Yeah. You know, where we disagree, Nathan, on the result, I agree with you that it's kind of time we've, you know, we're on week three now. By the end of this match, we'll be uh, 9% into the season. It's time to start working out that that rotation. Who's going to be a regular starter? Who's coming off the bench? Where a guy like Ake, who we've heard about for a couple of years now, is going to actually fit into this group. And yeah. I, I don't know what the lineup has in store this weekend. But I think if he's going to really find out what he has in the young man, he's got to not wait till the 72nd minute to put him on. I want to see it if we have a lead shortly after the half, if we're tied around 50 or 55 minutes, don't wait until garbage time to put in somebody who you're 
really you you really need to know what you have from him. Agreed. Oh, fair. fair enough point. Also because uh in case anyone had forgotten, uh the day before Eintracht uh plays Bielefeld. So we're playing them on Saturday, the early kickoff time slot. Uh, the Europa League draw will be held basically uh, 26 hours ahead of Eintracht's match with Bielefeld. So we'll know exactly who we're going to be playing in Europe since European action was mentioned. That's going to, yeah, with those predictions in hand, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. We will be coming out with uh, extra special uh, preview of Eintracht versus Bielefeld. Uh, one one journalist, one uh, major Armida uh, Bielefeld yeah. fan, Eva Lotobola, has agreed to come back on the podcast. So we'll be uh, pumping out a uh, solo episode with the two of us talking about our the clubs that drive us absolutely mad. So look forward to uh, posting that out for everyone else to have a good listening on. So, uh, Nathan, where can we find you in social media landscape of the world? You can find me mostly on Discord in our Discord uh, chat, our server, but you can find me on Twitter at N-A-J-A-K-W-A. Chris, same question to you when you're not drinking in Kalamazoo. <laughs> when I'm not drinking in Kalamazoo, you can find me on Twitter and discord at c in the d 313 and by the way if you're in uh, the state of indiana ohio or michigan um or i'll even say pennsylvania uh hit me up on twitter or discord at c in the d 313 we're working on something special um i'm going to talk to the guys offline about it but uh yeah give me a shout if you're a nine track fan in those states even Ohio, I know how much you hate You know, <laughs> yeah, but uh, we'll get into that. I, I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> um, no more trouble than you usually get on a regular in and out basis. Alrighty. And you can also find me uh, at KCSGE when I'm not re watching good old films like uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, <laughs> uh, the. Sometimes you just need to sit down, have a slice of pizza, and just enjoy a good old classic to forget about Eintracht matches that just drove <laughs> you mad. Wonderful flick. Anyway, uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, you can find the show on Twitter. That is at H-E-F-Pod. Email the podcast whenever you like. That is HeyEintrachtFrankford at gmail.com, facebook.com, slash H-E-F-Pod. It's where you can find all the English language content covering the Eintracht Frankfurt in all one convenient location. So from all of us here at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, uh, be good to each other. In the meantime, uh, stay safe and choose. Hey, I'm Frankfurt, la 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 la. Hey, I'm Frankfurt, la 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 la.